Hello and welcome to the first episode of Rift Talk. This is a podcast, uh, League of Legends podcast, and more specifically a podcast that will come out hopefully during each uh, update patch for the game. And we'll be, kind of be discussing the current state of the game. Obviously the patch that we're on right now is 10.2. Um, in this episode I will be going over 10.2 as well as 10.1 since 10.2 was quite a bit smaller, and uh, there's some more major changes in 10.1. It's a bit a bigger of a patch. So since this is the first episode, I'm kind of going to go over what I plan on covering uh, in each show and sort of the format moving forward. I'm going to start with some highlights from each patch, or from the patch that we're currently on. In this case, it'll be two. I hope to make it just one in the future. Uh, we're going to talk about what each change sort of means, uh, maybe not every single one, some of them are a little bit more minor. This is supposed to sort of just kind of hit the high points, and then we will uh, briefly talk about what was missing, what I felt like uh, we need to start, or I was looking for going into the patch, and some of the stuff that maybe I thought was left out. And then we'll kind of cover the general state of the game, the way the game is shaping up, the current meta maybe, uh, some strong champions, some weak champions, stuff I'd like to see moving forward. And then we'll close the show each time, hopefully, with the best five picks for each role in this patch. So, without any further ado, let's go ahead and start. Uh, we're going to start with, actually, 10.2 and then go back to 10.1. 10.2, I think, was out uh, about five, four or five days ago, right now, as of the day I'm recording this. So, from 10.2, just kind of some highlights. Um, the first thing I noticed when I went over this patch actually was Draven and uh, I you know obviously it's not the first thing on there I feel this is the first thing but I just kind of looked at the Draven change as sort of a random uh, it just kind of came up and that's not a champion that I've seen very much at all really played outside of I mean you know one tricks um, players that are probably going to pick him more often than not are going to be the ones that have a lot of games played on him it's not a champion it's not an adc really that i think you're just going to pick up and i think even looking at this uh change which is again just an r buff it's an ult uh it's they're giving him like what is it bonus scaling ad i believe it goes from yeah 1.1 bonus attack damage to 1.1 scaling to 1.5 um however much that's that, that's not insignificant uh, although i don't think that it's going to propel him into any sort of playability as far as where he's at right now. I don't think he's bad in any sense. I just don't think he's the right fit for the way that the game is is at the moment and the way the bot lane is more specifically. Uh, so uh, as far as that buff, I, I, it stuck out to me just because I, you know, I saw Draven and I thought, okay, you know, what are they giving him? It's not insignificant, but uh, it'll, basically it'll be nice for Draven players. Um, that's about it. After that, uh, looking at Karma, the, I thought the Karma change was pretty interesting, actually. Um, the base damage on her Q, as well as the two parts of her W, which they're actually giving her uh, 10 damage level, or rank 1 on the Q, which is going to really, really help uh, solo lane Karma with your, when you're poking with ult Qs. Even in bot lane sometimes, although she hasn't been picked really as a support consistently for quite a while. Um, in that sense, I'm not entirely sold on what we'll see moving forward with her in the bot lane. I don't think it'll be often. 
I don't see her becoming a support because of these changes that becomes picked more frequently. I do think it's a nice change though, and I think really she's a bit underutilized at the moment. I think she can be picked. The other thing, another highlight from, I thought, 10.2, uh, Ziggs. Now, Ziggs, I didn't see a whole lot at first, and then I kind of looked at the numbers. Cause I usually, I mean, when these when there's champions in the patches a lot of times that aren't really played ever, I just kind of skim it and don't really, you know, unless it looks like it's something huge. And then I looked at the numbers and thought, okay, that's actually not that bad. Uh, it's 10 damage at all levels, I believe, on his Q. Yeah, so from 75 to 255 to 85 to 265. Uh, so it's 10 damage at each rank, and then the W gets an extra 100 knockback distance, which I have yet to see what that looks like, but that seems pretty significant. And then the E, he gets a 10 slow, 10% more slow at each rank from 30 to 50 instead of 20 to 40. So that's not bad. I think a 50% slow max rank on his E is, I mean, really the 30% slow is what matters, right? The rank one in lane. And, and early on, because you're not going to be maxing it. So I think that that's something to not really even consider. And unfortunately, it comes on a champion that I think is just a bit like Draven, actually, where the effort you have to put in is just not worth the reward that you get out. Um, so I think that this is... I, I don't know what else Ziggs would need other than just, you know, some really, really significant changes to his kit, uh, more so. But I think, you know, this is this is nice for, for Ziggs. That's just something that stuck out to me. Uh, other than that, for this patch, I think the going back to the Nautilus change, which is a little bit higher, yep, uh, Nautilus change, the Q nerf, I think, is a step in the right direction. It's not going to take him out by any sense, but I think this is... They're taking off 10 damage at each rank. Oh, no, actually. Uh, from 80 to 280 to 70 to 250. It's actually... 10 at rank 1, 15 at rank 2, 20, and yeah, so it scales up. That's that's a pretty big deal, actually, I think, for Nautilus. I think he's usually maxing Q second anyway. So, um, and especially that rank 1 damage will be nice to not have in lane against him. He is getting a lot of bans. Um, these last two, three patches, he's been a pretty much a staple, uh, one, one of the three big supports. Um... And I think this this is a good this is a good step. This this doesn't finish him off, but this is a good step. Uh, I, I'm completely fine with this. I think he did a little too much damage anyway. Uh, as far as you know, in the bot lane, that's pretty much where he's played. He has a couple jungle picks, not not too often though. The Sona buff in this patch as well. Uh, they gave her actually this one I thought was one of the bigger of the patch. Twenty five percent self move speed. Uh, compared to max rank 14, now it's 25% at all ranks. That's a pretty big deal. The fact that you can have a 25% move speed buff and it scales off uh, AP, rank 1, that's pretty big. You're usually not maxing E as far as I know, I don't think at all. So having a 25% flat is pretty nice for Sona. Uh, and I actually have seen a couple Sonas recently. I don't know if it's because of that. It's just uh, that, you know... That's the, that's gonna be pretty significant. I don't know what that really means for her. I don't think really the meta is at all in a shape for her at all. Uh, other other than if you're doing the uh, you know what used to be the Sonoteric, which is now just sort of a Sona and something else, which you don't really see almost at all compared to what you used to. But I think that's that's something not to uh, not to sneeze at for sure. That's that's pretty significant for Sona. 
Um, a couple other things were just the Trundle change and the Agility Cloak change. Not too big of a deal. I think Trundle will benefit more from that uh, jungle-wise, not so much top lane, which I don't think he's been able to prosper in that role for quite a while. Uh, and then the Agility Cloak from 25 to 20. Uh, as far as crit chance, that's not that big a deal. Um, you're not usually suffering from 5% crit anyway, so let's uh, that's, that's take it or leave it, really. And then the Frozen Heart nerf, um, taking out the armor, again, not a big deal. Stormraiser, so this is both of the three items. They did Cloak, Frozen Heart, and Stormraiser. They took off 5 damage from Stormraiser and 10 armor from Frozen Heart. Neither of these is going to make that big of a difference. You're not getting Frozen Heart for the armor anyway, normally. Um, and the 10 armor is not going to make a huge difference. Uh, but the other two, yeah, same thing. None of these item changes really are going to be that significant at all. The 5 AD on Storm Raiders, Storm Razor is not why you're buying it anyway. Even though it is pretty much a staple item in the bot lane now. Especially on Caitlyn. So uh, let's. that was 10.2. Uh, let's go back to 10.1. I think I might be moving a little fast, but we'll see. Uh, going back to 10.1, some of the highlights... Callista and Azir were two of the champions that I hadn't seen on a patch in a while, and they showed up here uh, right off the bat. Azir, just a pretty simple R change, or a buff, I guess. Uh, and then the wall, well, it was a change. They gave him two more seconds. So the wall lasts two more seconds from three to five, and they're giving him 25%, or 25, sorry, 25 damage at each rank uh, on the R from 150 to 450 to 175 to 475. That's pretty nice. How much that affects him, I don't know. I still think he's like... He's border. He's closer to being relevant in the mid lane than Callista is in the bot lane, which is what we're going to about to talk about. So going down to the Callista change, it's not uh, at first glance that big a deal. It's they're giving her health growth from eighty nine to a hundred, and then from three point five armor growth to four. This will help her. How much it it'll you'll have to see a Callista player to really you'll have to you know you have to ask a Callista main really because it's going to be hard to pick that champion up for most ADCs who haven't played her in probably years uh to, to see the difference but i think if you play her a lot you'll notice it that's 89 to 100 health growth is pretty significant uh so this won't affect her pretty much for the layman but i think the one tricks probably will be able to tell the difference for sure and it's a nice uh, little buff the Mordekaiser passive got a pretty significant nerf. Uh, just on his passive, though, took it down a second, and then the move speed from 3 to 9 scaling to just 3%. Um, that's not the end of the world, obviously, but I think you will, again, be able to t feel it more so in the top lane. Um, going down a second, uh, taking a second off of the duration, as well as... A little bit of the move speed. I don't think three to you know three percent move speed. You're not going to really feel too much. Uh, if anything, it might give a little more of a window for escape. You know, to get away from him uh, up there. There were those two. Let's see. Oh, another thing. After right afterwards, Nami. Um, just a qu really quick. I think the change here with the uh, E, the Tide Colors blessing on Nami, where it empowers auto attacks. It's now empowering. Now empowering the next three basic attacks and abilities. And then if it's an AoE ability, it obviously takes uh, less 33 to 66% less damage to non oh to non-champions. Oh, okay. So it's actually abilities in general, okay. So instead of like taking Baron or Dragon or something. So any spell three basic attacks and abilities. Um what does this do for Nami? Not a whole lot for Nami. Um really as far as you know is this does this make her more worthwhile to play 
Not really. I, the support meta, the bot lane meta in general, which I'll get to a little bit later, is pretty rigid at the moment, in my opinion. Uh, I really don't see a whole lot of openings for, like I said earlier, with uh, what was it, Sona, uh, and as well as Nami here. I'm not going to think we're going to see a, an increase of play in those two champions uh, really at all, just because. But these these are not insignificant changes. I think this might look for Ezreal. Um, this might be a, you know, any caster really for Nami, you know, Varus, I can think of. Uh, not so much Caitlyn, uh, but, you know, obviously that's always been a good lane. Uh, but yeah, Ezreal for sure um, with his Q. I, I don't know if it already, it might have already probably not entirely sure um but yeah Ezreal not you know that, that'll be something just to keep it's not it's not that big of a deal really uh, I don't think um but I, it did strike me as like oh that's kind of an interesting you know that's something that uh, the way that they that's a it's not a direct buff because it's not numbers but I think it's something that sort of enhances uh the champion overall that's just kind of a nice added bonus maybe I don't know how much of an impact that'll have. Um, Shivana was in this patch in 10.1. She got a pretty big... Yeah, so she got a pretty significant on her passive and her E. Uh, start with the E on the mark targets. The damage got like a 3.25 to 3.75 of max health, which anytime you're dealing with max health, that's going to be significant. And then the marked, marked monster damage cap from 100 to 150. Um, that'll help her take dragons. And then the more interesting part of it is a passive... She now gains five permanent permanent bonus armor and MR for every elemental drake and elder her team slays. So every time she gets a dragon, and she takes them quicker now because of the marks uh, cap going up from 100 to 150, every dragon that she takes, including elder, will give her five permanent uh, armor and MR. That's pretty cool. I don't know how you know how much of an impact that'll have because let's say what maximum you're going to get what four or five dragons, uh, and then you know elders. I mean so. Best case scenario, you're getting like 20, maybe, uh, you know, 20, 25 um, armor NMR. Uh, that's, I guess, nice for to add to your passive. The other part of it is the Cloud Drake now increases her Fury gain, which is kind of interesting. I guess this is the way that the CDR for her ultimate, uh, since she doesn't obviously have a cooldown on her ultimate, how that incorporates into her kit now. Um, and it says the Cloud Dragons will now gain... Uh, her fury gains by 10, 20, 30, 40%, uh, which is nice because before, I guess, she couldn't really use the Cloud Dragon uh, since she had no cooldown on her ult. So that's cool for Shivana. I think I haven't seen her in a long time. I think she's probably still okay, actually. I don't think she's bad by any stretch of the uh, imagination, but I think uh, some of this is is something to look at. I would like to see how she plays out in the jungle right now. I'll put it that way. I, don't, I think she might have a slot... Uh, and an argument to be played in certain situations. Uh, that's about it as far as you know major stuff in the, in the patch. Silas right now is disabled, although he did get quite a nice buff uh, in 10.1. The Q is pretty big. It was like a you know bit of a rework, sort of in a way, again for that champion. Uh, the last thing I just want to go over: Varus. Uh, he did get a Q buff. That's nothing really that you should jump out at. Um, the cooldown went down by two seconds and then the refund is down by a second on uh, the blight so it's not anything to really you know dig into uh, Varus will not he I think more so in pro play obviously sort of like Ash in that sense um, 
but I don't think there's any reason you would pick him right now when there's other ADCs open, which I will get to in a second. Um, since this is this uh, this is gonna be this show is gonna come out a little bit later, like I said, four or five days after 10.2. Um, I'm gonna go since I played on the patch actually on both patches, obviously. Um, I'm sort of just gonna talk about what I've seen so far. Uh, I have seen more Karma and Sona actually, um, with varying success. I think Karma more so than Sona. I think the Karma buff was criminally underrated, and I think she is actually can be played mid and, uh, mid and top again, is uh, in the solo position. I don't think that is. Um, it's not a power pick. It's not something that I think you know you're gonna want to do in solo queue. I think you need you know maybe with with a five man team or something. Um, she's a really 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 underrated pick I think I think she could be played in a lot more situations than people pick her and uh, Sona I don't think I saw anything overwhelming I think the e-buff is obviously nice and she can sometimes uh, have good lanes but again with the way that the ADC and bot lane meta is with the Sonas and the Caitlyns Sona kind of gets destroyed before she becomes she can really do what she needs to do in her best part of her game. After that, pretty much everything else was uh, Draven and Ziggs never showed up yet. I still haven't seen them, and you know their play rate increase really at all. Nautilus still gets the same bans as he does. The Q buff, the Q nerf, sorry, was not um, significant. Like I said, it's not going to kill him. Um, Azir has been played a little bit more. I've seen a couple of Azirs. Uh, as far as, you know, the only thing that was buffed was the ult. I think that might be why people are more willing to play him. I don't think it necessarily makes him directly better, but it's something nice for him to have. And I think, again, he is on the very edge of almost being a uh, pretty good pick. I mean, he's a pretty good pick now. I think he's almost on the edge of becoming a staple. Well, I don't know. It's the wrong word. It's, you know, he's he's a mid lane right now is completely open, in my opinion. It's pretty it's pretty blown open as far as what you can pick and... and um, what you're going to have success with, and he's definitely in the conversation for that already. Uh, okay, so now I'm going to kind of go over some closing thoughts, uh, or not closing, just kind of some, you know, thoughts on the current state of the game, the way that the game is right now, and uh, because of these two patches, and most recently 10.2, and then we'll go over the top five picks. This is probably going to be a shorter episode. I uh, didn't have a whole lot. wasn't really sure how I wanted to format this this first show, but I just kind of wanted to get it out there, get it uploaded, and then see what the, kind of the reception is and sort of how to change it as I go. Um, do plan on doing it every patch and might sometimes try to get some guests on um, from time to time to talk about the game. So, uh, the starting with, you know, just talking about the game state, starting with the ADC pool, um, since I am an ADC player, I think that's... Um, it seems to me over the course of the last, really maybe even dating back to midway through last season, and maybe even before that, it's the bottom lane pool. Uh, I would say maybe post mages when we were playing, you know, the Heimerdingers and the Vladimirs and the Cinders and Cassiopeias, which still obviously can be played. There's nothing that directly changed that, but shied away from that more so. Uh, ever since that period, really, it seems that the ADC pool has become a bit restrictive and it's been pretty restrictive as far as what you're able to pick with success um the holy trinity which i call any role that really only has you know three big picks or at least you know three 
pretty much go-tos, and if you don't do that, you're kind of straying away from the light, in a sense. Um, Misfortune, Caitlyn, and Senna, I think, are really your go-tos. Uh, not to say anything else is, you know, the, the with those three champions at the moment in the bot lane, they're going to be directly better than anything else you are up against. I think with Caitlyn, obviously, with the Stormraiser, she's been an absolute monster for a couple, ever since that preseason change with the, with the Stormraiser, she's been unbelievably good and starting to draw uh, more and more bands, really. Uh, ever since, you know, pretty much the last couple patches, actually. She's been getting banned more and more. And then Senna, obviously, with similar range and just uh, the damage and the scaling is just infinite, really, with her. And offers a good lane as well, which is something that is pretty... I mean, outside of having a gap closer, she is about as complete of a in-game ADC, like a start-to-finish ADC, as, as you're going to find. And then, obviously, which I think is really cool... Uh, Interestingly enough, I think it's actually cool because Senna really becomes one of the first um, flex picks that can go in either position in bot lane. So when you pick her, you you know you can obviously play her support with a bit of a different build, and then if you play her AD, uh, you know the lethality starting with the man immune is usually what uh, what the build is with the, you know double triple lethality sometimes, and then maybe IE as well. Uh, with obviously her range just stacking and stacking, growing and growing infinitely with the souls. Um, she has become pretty much a every game, and if you don't see her one game, you're going to see her in the next, uh, pick ban champion. So that adds to... That, that didn't really add to the pool that existed, because when Caitlyn already became strong, it's been pushing. she's been pushing out other picks. Uh, MF as well has been there, and she has become, she has really risen in the last, maybe, I mean, it's been quick. MF has come up pretty quick as far as why she has been so strong in the last, I mean, maybe not even month, month and a half, I would say. And she's always been a solid pick in bot lane, I think, and a criminally underutilized pick as far as I'm concerned. But I think now with the build, the river, the river that makes her good, the rapid fire cannon, these are not new things, but these help her. And um, with this build, I think the prior builds in the past with MF had always been Lethality and, uh, you know, Ghost, Ghostblade, Duskblade, stuff like that, Cleaver uh, even. But I think right now she can lane, obviously, with her Q, and uh, always has been a pretty strong, really, laner, bully even. Um, and with the nature of the supports that are popular right now, that's why I think in the last couple months we've seen the support meta turn into Leona's and... Um, Leona's and Nautilus's and uh, even Senna, um, Alistar's sometimes, not as much, Tom Kench, uh, you know, the hard, especially Leona, really s things that are setting up fights for MF to just thrive in with big AoE damage in the back, um, which is something that she's really obviously made for has made her a better pick, and she's able to take advantage more of opportunities in the bot lane uh, better than some other picks, like your Ezreal's, like your even Sivers sometimes, which that pick has just completely fallen off a cliff. Uh, and that's simply because of the range of Caitlyn and Senna, which is why, again, these two are kind of pushing everyone else out uh, of the bot lane right now. Uh, your Kaisas, your Sivers, other picks that you would think would be good, even Ezreal in a sense, just because his lane is not good and not that strong. She, he is forced to farm at range with his Q and hope to stack his tier and be relevant at some point. 
They have shoved those picks out, and it's more so because of that as to why you're only seeing these three or four picks. Uh, Zaya is still okay, I think. We have not seen her nearly as much. Um, that might have something to do with a lack of her cons, although it shouldn't really be at all related, uh, in my opinion. Aphelios is the next thing I'll talk about um, in terms of the bot lane. I think he's strong. I think uh, there's no doubt he does a lot of damage, and he is one of the best early game champions uh, damage-wise in the game. Uh, what he is built for is creating a lead early and pushing his damage and pushing his what all his overloaded really what he has available to him and using that and to accumulate a big enough lead to pretty much just you know make the enemy team just be uh, there it's almost sort of a psychological thing with Aphelios is that it seems like when he is not just killing bot lane he Teams are more willing to go after him, and then they're super, super hesitant when he is has gotten kind of rolling with a couple, three, four kills. Um, that they're kind of willing, you know, they have to play a little more respectful for him, just sort of innately, it seems like. But I still don't think that he is part of that Holy Trinity, just because I don't think he's worth uh, the effort. I think he, he takes twice the effort, maybe even three or four times the effort of a Misfortune. I mean, you compare the two. Misfortune and Aphelios, one of the most complicated champions maybe ever in the game, compared to probably the one or two top two easiest ADCs to play in Misfortune. And you just think, why why play Aphelios when you can just hit M, you can play MF and hit R and E, and, you know, that's it. Uh, or E and R, sorry. So I don't see I don't see a reason why you would pick him if you don't, you know, if if you're looking for something strong that's available, I don't think you should have to suffer over trying to learn or and or play and pilot uh, Aphelios. Talked about Senna, talked about her being a flex pick, I think that's actually really cool. Glacial Augment, obviously, uh, with her, I think is probably the go-to. I don't know about both roles, but I think in... Well, I don't know, I still see, I still see um, Aerie in, in the support role for support Senna. But when it comes to ADC, I think Glacial is pretty good. I think it can be a bit situational. I think sometimes you could go Fleet Footwork, but uh, Glacial seems to be sort of, somewhat actually of an answer. Not really an answer, but a competition to Caitlyn if you're, if you're right up against it. Obviously with the range as well. Um, she sort of serves a bit of the same purpose. Set, moving on from the bot lane. Set, the champion, the new champion, as of, I believe, 10.1. So this is still somewhat topical for this show. Uh, set has become pretty much, I mean, I'm not kidding, 100% pick ban. There is not a draft where this champion is not involved at all, really, ever. He is either banned straight up, or he is picked first, and if not, he's if he's not picked first, he's picked second. Very rarely does this champ get to second or third rotations. I mean, this guy is so sought after, which is something that I didn't really foresee. Because we haven't seen it with the new champion in quite a while. Uh, this there's this much, you know, um, that's the word I'm looking for. I guess competition, but there's so he's a, such a sought after pick um, that it's just amazing to me. In solo queue too, like it's just I don't know. It's 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 amazing. He is in every game. No kidding. Um, and I think he's really good. Obviously, it's why. And I think his shield makes it to where. He's literally a Tom Kench that can fight you. And, well, Tom Kench could always fight you, but, you know, in the top lane when he was in that era. But he's a bruiser that has a Tom Kench shield that's, like, on steroids. And he does, and actually, 
deceptive amount of damage. And when he, if he, you know, I, I don't know, he is really good in the top lane. Um, jungle wise, I have not seen the success really ever. I think he's been specifically now at this point picked top. Uh, if you want to have any success, I have not seen that. I've seen a couple of jungles obviously early on. They'd never really worked out too well. I don't think he has a reliable enough gap closer to justify that being a pick in the jungle. As far as what you play against set, I think in the top lane, Renekton and Gangplank have proven so far to be the picks. Obviously, Renekton with the shield breaker on his W um, is something that I actually forgot about, but uh, is definitely something that would work well against uh, set. Gangplank, I think, just has a naturally good lane, and it'll play well into him. And that's a, a champion that, again, sort of like Draven, uh, you're only gonna, really going to see, not so much so, but you're going to see him more so with players that are comfortable playing him and not just a generic top lane pick, which we'll see when I get to my top five best in a moment. Uh, let's see. Akali and Rise are still two big bans um, that we see a lot. They're not picked as much as they are banned, honestly. I see a lot more bans than I see picks. Although Akali, I do see picked uh, Rise, I think, more so in 5v5. I think you'll see with full team comps, people are more willing to play Rise. I think he's still a really, really good champ, and I think Akali is the same. Um, karma here. So something I thought about, uh, you know, when I was coming up with what to, what to think, what to look at in this patch was with, with the rise of karma and this buff, um, how much in correlation to that, sort of like the Renekton and set interaction. Um, if you remember a couple, I must admit it was last season, maybe four or five patches ago, they added, uh, maybe more than that. They gave Blitzcrank and they kind of experimented with a quote unquote, like hard counter, sort of mechanic, uh, where they gave Blitzcrank and Renekton the shield breakers. So Blitzcrank ult gets rid of all shields in that, just completely takes the shields out uh, in his ult. And Renekton W does the same thing, I, I believe, as well, when he stuns. Um, that also gets rid of the shields, which is what makes him so good against set. So, in the bot lane equivalent of that, with Karma showing up more, with her shielding, obviously, is what she's sort of, you know picked for when she's picked support even even sometimes with her being picked in solo lanes how much will we see blitzcrank and blitzcrank is a champion that i've actually uh believe it or not i have seen more of over the maybe like the last week or so a couple weeks i have seen more blitzcranks that i've seen in the last month really and i think i don't know if it's a direct correlation uh with the with karma and even set maybe even more so set uh because he has become such a you know, and that's something that I think actually Blitzcrank could be an interesting counter in a way. Not so much counter, but a, a really good answer uh, into him. And I think that would be kind of a cool... And this is why I think that mechanic, adding mechanics like these, uh, you know, and as far as in Riot's perspective, is sort of a... It's a bit of a risk, but I think it, it's it's a cool way... To, it's, it's, it's a cool risk. It's something that I think is justifiable, and you could kind of uh, see how... You know, what they're thinking behind that as far as how they move forward in some of these patches and what, you know, not that they're saying they really premeditate some of these because, I mean, some of these, my God, are just, you kind of scratch your head at some of these changes, and the buffs and nerfs and all this random stuff they just decide to do every so often. Uh, but, yeah, with Blitzcrank, I think, well, I think he's actually an okay champion in individually. And I think he's, he's at a pretty good spot as far as what the bot lane looks like. Um, I don't think he'll be you know, overwhelmingly picked ever, really, but I think you definitely can 
can see more and more scenarios in which he would actually be a pretty good pick. And I think with the game pacing the way it is now, uh, you're not usually seeing a whole lot of games go to that Elder Dragon mark. I mean, I've I could probably count on one hand the amount of Elder Dragons I've seen uh, since the beginning of the season. Honestly, maybe maybe f- four. I can't think of anything more than that. Maybe, maybe five max. I mean, you're not seeing games go very long anymore, and a lot of that is the the ADCs that are popular and their power in the early to mid game, as well as some of the mid picks. Which again, I still think that role is pretty wide open. And then set again uh, is a similar pick to that. But yeah, I think Blitzcrank is an interesting thing. I think Blitzcrank is something to look out for. And I would say if there's one thing to take away from this, is to say, uh, you know, why not why not Blitzcrank? I think in a lot of scenarios, and you know, he. He's simple. He's not saying he's easy, but he's simple as far as how to pilot him. And maybe you know, more and more mastered players on the champion will, uh, you know, can obviously attest to the fact that the more comfortable with him you are, you know, the more that you can sort of the ways that you can pilot him makes him super super valuable in some in some scenarios. So especially against Set, and I would like to see I would like to see him more. And I think we'll see. I think we will see him more. And I think with the uh, with and again with the uh, the ranges the way they are in the bot lane now and, and no more Sever really which was something that kind of obviously shut him down uh, as well as Ezreal which you're seeing less but still sometimes I think Blitzcrank would be an interesting pick. So the lane by lane we're gonna do at the end of every episode. Uh, I'm not sure at what point you know time wise we're at right now we're about 30 33 minutes uh, at this point. So. We're going to do a segment at the end of the show every time with the top. We're going to go roll by roll and take five champions that I believe at the moment are the best five for the positions. So starting with top lane, I think set number one. I should probably should have gone backwards. Um, maybe I'll start doing that. Well, set's number one. I, that's not much of, a, much of a spoiler, but I do think that's far and away at least the most popular. Again, these aren't like... Um, well, it's sort of it's sort of a power ranking, I guess, or maybe a you know worthwhile ranking, maybe more so is like this. You know, these are the picks that you should be picking, or they they deserve the more. I don't know. It's not it's not your traditional. I'm just kind of saying you know best five or most popular five uh, for each position. So set number one, since we're already going in order, or number two, Darius number three, Mordekaiser four, and Aatrox five. Uh, I think with each of these picks, top lane is the role I play the least. However, I do think these are the champions that you will see the most and have the most power outside of Aatrox. I think that Aatrox is the fifth pick I put in over uh, Fiora and I believe a couple other ones. Vladimir on occasion, Akali on occasion. Uh, I, I put Aatrox there just because I think he is still okay. I think he's under. he hasn't been picked really at all in solo queue in a long time. Um, but I think he's still he's still relevant in a sense. And the other four for sure, Mordekaiser, Darius, Orn, Set, those are going to be staples at the moment, and they have been for the last couple patches, so uh, I don't expect that to change really too much at all. Jungle, this was an interesting one. I think that right now it's a bit open, kind of like how mid is. I think there's a lot of junglers you can play, and I think there's a lot of variety you're going to see. You're not going to see the same champs over and over, kind of like bot uh, and top more so, but uh, jungle, I think, as well as mid, are pretty open. Jungle less so than mid lane. So jungle, we'll start with number five this time, so we'll go backwards. Uh, Rengar at number five, and then at four, I have a tie. I have Dr. Mundo and Warwick. These are kind of the wild card picks. that I have played a lot of both of them, and I actually think that these are really... I was really surprised at how good Mundo is. I think he's really, really good. 
uh, and that's not a pick that I even considered. And I don't think a lot of people do consider him, but I think he is he is a really, really good jungler right now, as well as Warwick. I think they do a similar role, sort of, uh, a little bit less so on Warwick's end, but still a really... To me, they, they have... These are two that I've played the most, and I think they have really good payoff for not a lot of effort. I think these are two very, very simple champions with a very high uh, payoff. And number three, Lee Sin. I think he's always going to be there in the jungle. Uh, I think he's always, you know, whatever you put into him, you'll get out of him. And I think he's never going to be bad, really. He's, he's the thrash of the jungle. He's always going to have a super high play rate and, and a hovering 50 to maybe a little bit higher, lower uh, win rate. Obviously, the higher the play rate, the lower the win rate, but uh, usually. Elise number two. I think Elise has actually been used more and more, and she is more and more justifiable to pick even if you aren't an elite player at this point i think she is offers you ap first of all which a lot of times now is set in the top lane you're not going to see and especially if your mid laner takes yasuo or zed or something which you know the solo queue specials i think elise is something that can offer quite a bit to a team comp. i think she's super impactful early game which again the nature of the meta right now is early mid game you're not seeing very many late game uh games which helps because elise god lover is not the late game champion by any sense of the imagination so I think, and a lot of these picks really are early to mid-game focused. I think she's one of the best at creating a lead and being proactive as well as Lee Sin. Number one, Echo. Echo Jungle has been a quick riser. This has been a something that has come up very quickly. And he's back to being, it's not Tank Echo, which you've seen before, although I have seen some Cinder Hulks on him before. I have seen that. He offers a lot just in general, and he is definitely the most popular and strongest even i might say uh just raw power wise in the jungle uh, that's echo mid lane i only have two cha i have so akali rise and zoe are i would say the maybe in air quotes the strongest you know um power wise although again i think any control mage really your orianas your cassiopeias your cinderas the the list goes on. Your Azirs are in there occasionally. Lissandra even still, maybe. Who knows? I think a lot of mages are fine. I think mid lane is uh, super... You can pick... I mean, you can pick LeBlanc. There's Yasuo. There's Zed. Uh, nothing is really bad innately right now in mid lane. I think there's a lot of stuff you can get away with. And I see everything. So, I th you know, as far as that goes, again, as far if I had to pick picks, Akali, Rai, Zoe... Ari, I guess, is always a good one, and then maybe Orianna. I don't know. There, there, it's, it's really no. I just have any mage uh, really on the list, pretty much in that role. ADC we talked about earlier: the Trinity, Caitlyn, MF, Aphelios, or sorry, Caitlyn, MF, Senna, and then my two others would be Aphelios and Ezreal. I think with an honorable mention to Kaisa and Zaya. Pretty much the way this role is, is the Trinity, and then everything after that is about the same level. I think, uh, with maybe the exception of Aphelios, it's probably like Caitlyn, MF, Senna, top three, for sure, and then a big gap, well, maybe a little gap, and then Aphelios, and then a pretty big gap, and then Kai'Sa, Ezreal, Zaya, I think are about the same. Those three are about the same. Uh, support. So we'll start again with five. I think I'm actually going to give the five spot to Karma. I think she actually... I hope we'll see more play, and I also think Blitzcrank. So I'll get the Karma Blitzcrank angle, which I talked about earlier, will, I think, go hand-in-hand. Hand. I think we might see more Blitz than we'll see Karma, but I think they will kind of be connected in a way, and I think Blitzcrank more so will be connected to Set. So I think the pick to watch for this patch is Blitzcrank, and 
how much we'll see him by the time the next patch rolls around will be interesting with the way Set is dealt with, if he is at all, which I would assume at some point he will be. And the other four, I have Braum, Senna, Nautilus, and Leona, as well as Thresh as an honorable mention. Thresh and, uh, sorry, Senna, Nautilus, and Leona are the trinity of supports, which I never got to. Those three are the three far and away best supports. Senna, interestingly enough, even though she's a ranged support and the rest are melee, she is just such a good champion at the moment that she can't be off the list, and she, lane-wise, is just too much, too dominant in her current state uh, to leave off. But yeah, Leona's definitely the number one, I would say. Nautilus, even with his cube nerf, is up there. Probably top two, at least top three. And that's pretty much it. I don't see a whole lot else in the bot lane support-wise. Kench is in there occasionally. Very much more so on the competitive end. Not so much in solo queue. uh, But he definitely exists in there as well in that conversation. Maybe so we'll add some stuff. Maybe we'll, we'll get rid of some stuff. I think this pacing-wise was fairly good. I wanted to keep it at about a 30-minute episode. So we'll see after the edits and stuff what we come out to. But uh, that was episode one of Rift Talk. Thanks for watching.